0: see Yourself become glorious. No, I won't give in, I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend, I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search a thing you know it to be true. No!
1: no. What are you doing? Getting a life. Welcome to the 1UP Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Hugh, and with me is your usual host,
0: Jareth. Hey guys, so you may have noticed that wasn't Trent. For the first time, we're doing a 1UP Culture Cast with somebody else. So I've got Hugh along because this week we're going to start a series on Lord of the Rings. First movie this week is going to be Fellowship of the Ring. Makes sense, was the first movie that was released to us in the order. Uh, so I've, I've brought Hugh in because he's a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan, and uh, today we're going to run through the movie, kind of give a few of our opinions on that movie. Uh, that's the 2001 Fellowship of the Ring, which was directed by Peter Jackson, based upon the 1954 book... Of the same name, Fellowship of the Ring, uh, which was the beginning of the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien. Now we uh, are going to kind of start off with overview of this film. Hugh, you love this film. You've seen it so many times, a lot more than me, in fact. Yeah, probably about fifty times. About fifty times. That's probably in my lifetime. Yeah, that's heaps. So, uh, and yeah, I think you had uh, like pretty big session when you were younger had the yeah, totally swords real. and stuff yeah, yeah. You got your dad to build so was outside
1: with it? the wooden swords and shields
0: slaying yeah. orcs slaying <laughs> orcs and stuff yeah no nah, it's always i think we all kind of had a, a point of that uh, yeah. i definitely went through it everyone sure. had their different
1: movies whatnot that they followed
0: yeah, like, yeah. i wasn't a star wars kid i was a
1: swords and shields
0: and yeah, i mean, armor kind of same deal i guess just uh, you had the sci-fi kids that instead of swords had yeah. their, their lightsabers and Instead of shields, they just put their hands up, and force and stuff. Um, <laughs> force joke. I was a bit of both, so uh, I, I completely get that. Um, also played a, a few of those RPG games in my time. Mm. Uh, played a little bit of WoW. Um, you played some WoW yourself, didn't you? Yep, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years of that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Apart from your your basic uh, PS3 games and stuff. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into this this movie here of uh, kind of the the running. Um, and the very opening scene, uh, just before we started watching this, uh, you said you were really excited because you remembered the, the opening scene.
1: Mm. Do you want to the...
0: run us through that one?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, pretty much for starters, I, um, the opening scene is great. The voice that carries in straight away, I think is Galadriel's voice. I think it is, the I first voice it. straight off the bat that oh, leads to the actually there is, scene. Yeah, there is one in.
0: thing we should say, just uh, probably ob- pretty obvious, but we should get it in at the start. There is spoiler warning for this one. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably should, because we're not going to really be giving Let's you a full... Spoil that th- one hard. Yeah, we're going to spoil it pretty hard. We're not going to give you all of the uh, little nuances and scenes. You should really go check it out. Uh, especially since it goes for three hours and 50 minutes... We're going to try and explain it in an hour. We're probably not going to be able to do that. Up to the level that they were able to in that time. Sorry, man, I cut you off. If no, you right. All right, so yeah, as I said, Galadriel's epic
1: voice in there, leading off the narrative scenes, is perfect. It sets the tone straight away, and you're captivated. Then it goes straight into the great battle, the battle between the goblins and the orcs, and the men and the elves, the great alliance. Don't know if there's any dwarves there, I don't think so. Yeah, it was a bit of a kerfuffle, couldn't really tell all the The men and elves were present, I know that part, um... Yeah, so
0: it starts with the epic battle. We see Elrond there. I think he's... Yeah, uh, Elrond's leading the Elven yeah, army. leading the Elven army, which is uh, fairly important later on because uh, he's a, a character through this movie. Being an elf, he lives for a long, long period of time. Um, well, he's close to Gandalf. He's the second
1: eldest, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think, think so. The, yeah. yeah, pretty sure he's the second eldest in the movies. Yeah. yeah. No, he is.
0: And, uh, yeah, so we see the that battle going on and uh, we... This is where we get the first view of The Ring, which is obviously The Lord of the Rings, what this one's all yep. about, on uh, on Sauron. Sauron coming out and doing some destruction with his epic mace. Yeah, it was pretty... Flailing everyone around, the poor elves. That, uh, for 2001, the effects in that, and throughout this entire film yeah, we were saying, uh, are, great. are just fantastic. Yeah, they still hold up well. And the well. sound
1: effects too are all awesome.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, there was later on the big awesome. Kraken, kind of the yep. thing where you and were talking about... Wrong. Because um, you got to see this in cinema, actually. Mm. I, um, I I didn't. I saw this on, on DVD. I kind of wish I had seen it on cinema. Definitely yeah, seems yeah. like a cinema kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was just, yeah, surround sound. Yeah. Perfect. Would, would have been brilliant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but as, as we were saying, at that massive scene, it ends uh, with the leader of the men. Yeah, uh, Isildur. Isildur, yeah. He's uh, going one-on-one yeah, with King Sauron. Yeah, yeah. Kind of chops off his fingers uh, at this point, um, which the ring the one ring kind of falls off and uh, we have a bit of a bit of a struggle there as well um
1: Sauron kind of implodes He just and implodes the yeah. whole
0: battlefield which is convenient cuz we didn't really have to worry about you know after after that I think that was that was just a great uh tool to be used in a cinema cuz so he doesn't
1: that, wipe everyone but when he implodes he wipes most of yeah, the matter. yeah.
0: but you know Isildur was there. and it really there. clears it out so that you can have the little dramatic moment straight after you know Sildor has time to kind of reach over and slowly grab the ring and um, we see that take him over. We see a little bit further on but it's the same story so I'm just going to chuck it in now. It's easier for us to explain this way. Later on we see uh, Elrond and uh, Sildor actually at Mount Doom which is, Mm. uh, for those that haven't seen the the movie you probably have an idea of the general plot wherein one ring has to get to Mount Doom, thrown in, destroyed Uh, and there was a chance for that to happen like straight after the battle.
1: Yeah, straight uh, after
0: the bat. Which... uh, didn't go so well. door was already hooked. Yeah, he was already so ho- already hooked, and uh, it had took him, and he, he walked away, and we we're actually saying Elrond probably should have.
1: Yeah, just... me, me and Jared spent quite a lot of time trying to figure out why Elrond didn't, you know, take some bold move and just push a door into the malt, like and all and all this, lava like, down and, and get rid of the entire thing right there and then.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been best, but I mean, loyalty we came to. I mean, they fought a war. Yeah, fought a war he together. Was king. This is true. I mean, so was Elrond, just different races. No. Um, and that's something else that we see a lot throughout this. Which I think is it was kind more of, about kind of breaking the alliance. Like it would be a, um, it would be a really bold move of
1: Elrond. He'd be he'd be going against all of men if he if yeah, he which the into the, it would start a war maybe.
0: Yeah, which which was really interesting to me because I thought, um, throughout this entire film. There's kind of an elf elitism. Um, mm. like the first time we see the elves at Rivendell, they're, they're going to leave. They don't really care about what's happening. Uh, they don't really care if Sauron comes back. They just they're just going to leave. Uh, they live for a long period of time. They. Kind of see other creatures They die Like ants Insects They well, yeah, die off they, quite they quickly They
1: live for so long That I guess they get to see The ins and outs of wars For far longer Than your average human Dwarf and all the rest So therefore yeah They kind of They are growing impatient towards it all I guess that's kind of What they're wanting to leave They've lived that life for ages They've yeah. known more Than what most have known
0: Yeah so it's kind of interesting and they That want some Elrond peace. Uh, Yeah Elrond doesn't want to Going to go against men in, in that way, He he is very, uh, very empathetic, uh, actually yeah, to yeah. The other races, which we do see later on. He's hosting you know the gathering of the Fellowship of the Ring, wherein this movie gets its name, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so so we've got all that whole big battle, which looked awesome, and then we uh kind of wander straight off to the Shire after that, with the yeah, you know, man, absolutely, yep. straight yeah.
1: and, and again, it just gets better from there, like straight up, aesthetically pleasing. You've got like the meadows. The poppies, the fields, the clear skies, yeah, cheese and bread, and old hobbits walking around drunk.
0: It's really it's their lifestyle. It's just
1: that it's awesome. I love that setup for the movie. Watching the hobbit life and how they've built it in the hobbit homes.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, it actually
1: makes you feel cosy.
0: It does. Uh, Actually, Trent and I were talking. I think it was last podcast uh, about uh, culture and uh, like cultural tourism, and going to places like Shiretown in. New Zealand and just how cool it would be. to get pictures there and, and Yeah, well my sister did like the entire one. She did the Shire and then the
1: mountain that you see in the first one as yeah. well. The the snowy mountain that they go up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, really she did, cool. like the whole tour. Yeah, oh, that, that that would be so much fun. I'd love to it. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um just a bit, that would, yeah, that would be fantastic. And you really get a, a sense of like homeliness like everyone yeah. and everyone loves food and mead and, and really if you like look at my ideal it, lifestyle straight <laughs> yeah there, there's three things they like they just drink mead smoke from their cool big pipes and eat food and dance i guess yeah. there's there's a four, um, which doesn't sound like such a, a terrible life really they just kind of chill relax and seems somewhat of a better
1: one than the other lifestyles you see throughout all three lord of the rings movies yeah exactly
0: <laughs> the hobbits still kind of be uh, seem to be disconnected from this, all bar one really, which is Bilbo. Who yeah. has been out in the world He is quite worldly And has uh, stories that he, he yeah. tells um, Well he's met
1: different kinds and stuff He's met, you know, trolls, Gandalf, elves yeah. He's gone through the rounds Yeah The well, other ones wouldn't know any better
0: Definitely, definitely And we see that uh, a friendship with Gandalf When he arrives in the, in the mm. Shire um, Which, I mean, Frodo has the, the same You know, he, he's so happy to see Gandalf The two get along super <laughs> well But uh, Bilbo and, and Gandalf are like old friends
1: You can't help but smile When, when uh, Frodo and Gandalf meet each other
0: yeah, it's, it's really. like cool. jumps into his car. Yeah, <laughs> he vaults himself over at him. Um, yeah, <laughs> and awesome. and this was actually something that I thought was uh, really interesting to watch because I think this was the first time I've watched the Fellowship of the Rings since uh, seeing the Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy yeah, yeah. that has uh, come out. And uh, the interesting thing is that for moviegoers, we got it in that we kind of got it in that order. So, like I was saying, I saw Fellowship. And then you know the tri- first trilogy, and then then you saw the Hobbit, um. And at the start of this film, there's a lot of callbacks to the Hobbit, yeah, um, yeah, which is also the book that Bilbo is writing at the yeah, at the start of this uh, at the start of this film, and he he says it there and back again, which was an alternate title for the book, The Hobbit, um, yeah, for the Hobbit. In, yeah. and, and the interesting thing is that uh, as I said earlier, J.R.R. R. Tolkien's. Uh, Lord of the Rings series The Fellowship of the Ring uh, Came out in, uh, on the 29th of July 1954 Whereas uh, The Hobbit Came out in, on the 21st of September In 1937 So it actually did come out in that order. The Hobbit was a prequel. It wasn't written afterwards to kind of explain Bilbo's journey. Um, When it was originally released, people already knew that journey if they were following it. Um, It just happened to be the start of a new trilogy. Uh, And as such, in the books, we had it written uh, kind of little things and tiebacks to that first uh, book, The Hobbit, which was just one book. It wasn't actually a trilogy of books. They just... Decided for money to probably do that. I guess we got a lot of tiebacks. And when Gandalf first goes to to see Bilbo, and he kind of is uh, talk, he's talking to Bilbo, and he picks up this map. And on the map, there's it's a kind of a cross uh, at the bottom of the Lonely Mountain, and above that, there's like a picture of a dragon. So those who had read the books or happened to know, you know, the, the Hobbit series, um, knew that that would that was Smaug. That was from uh, Bilbo's adventures in that in that first Hmm. book Uh, and we got a few of those tiebacks which were pretty cool uh, and we got to see you know because those two had gone on a journey together before so they were old friends um and this led up to bilbo's birthday i can't actually remember how how old he was 111th Ah, 111th.
1: birthday there's
0: no gap in there it's fantastic because he's just being drunk and whatnot he's talking and he he makes a few nasty comments really but uh, none of the hobbits really Yeah, he none probably of the just bags really out it. some of the family names for being a little bit, yeah. I don't know, unadventurous, unintelligent, so forth. Um, yeah, he says he knows, I think, he knows half of them as well as he should and uh, all of them half as well as he, they, they deserve. They deserve That was bit. it. It took me a while to get that one, but uh, I, I kind of had a bit of a laugh at that one. Uh, and then standing up there, he kind of pops his his finger on the, uh, uh, the, the ring on his finger and disappears invisible, Gandalf has a bit of a, a bewildered look on his face. I'm guessing he didn't know that was part of Bilbo's plan to, to leave the Shire because he did know that Bilbo was going to leave. And you know, he was ta- uh, talking about how Frodo would probably follow him.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of wonder at that point, actually, when he walks into his house afterwards, finds Bilbo and says, I, I suppose you think that was awfully clever. So I'm guessing that Gandalf at that point knew that that ring had an invisibility power, Yes, Because, he did. yeah, he doesn't bring that up straight off the bat. Like oh, Yeah,
0: you know, he knew like... that from the Hobbit series where the two of them went on their journey. Uh, yeah. And that was kind of, yeah, uh, he was the burglar of the group. And as the burglar, he had this ability turned invisible. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he did it, know about yeah. the ring, but it just kind of gets glazed over. And I think, yeah, for, for that point, so that the audience kind of just... Knows,
1: yeah, at that point, no one knew really what was up yeah. because the Hobbit wasn't a thing, yeah. yet. yeah,
0: and, and and still, Gandalf didn't know that this was the ring. I mean, that, that no, was a really, important a thing. Ring. yeah, he knew that it was a ring, which uh, you probably wonder, to like, oh, well, there's this magical ring turns you invisible, you know, surely there'd be like very few of those, and you would know that that was the ring. Well, he doesn't know that's the ability that it has, um, back in the war because we don't see Gandalf there, no, yeah, and um, and that's and when, when Sauron's
1: he, using it, he's. Not, yeah, that was the other. He thing. has it on, and he's present.
0: The, the in that first battle, we kind of noticed that Sauron had the ring on, but it didn't turn him invisible. He was just super powerful and stuff. Uh, yeah. And then when Isildur put the ring on, it he turned invisible. Or we, we realized that was everyone
1: else starts apart Whoever,
0: yeah, whoever the the creator, I'm guessing, of the ring. Um, but after that war, we found out that uh, there were there were nine rings given to the men, uh, like to the mortal men class. Uh, there were I think five given to the dwarves and three to the elves yeah, that's it. Uh, so yeah. they uh, it's kind of seemed like they went on the order of age like you know the the elves got just very few and there would just be a couple of them that would hold those forever because they mm. live for a long time and then as you've got further down uh to the, the men who die off very quickly for this world for, for middle earth they have a very short uh, lifespan and on whole. Um, they're the weakest. Uh, well, hobbits, and hobbits have a shorter life. Oh, yeah, yeah, apart
1: from hobbits. But out yeah. of the fighting classes, you supposed to be the weakest. Um,
0: which is also weakest in heart as well. So yeah. we yeah. see them corrupted quite easily.
1: And dwarves um, hide better than men also, down in the mines all the time, down in caves, yeah. down the yeah. you know, surviving. Yeah, yeah pretty numbers.
0: strong too, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, But we were also talking about how just dominant elves would be in a fight. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I'd say there would be. I can't see. I can't see too much competition there.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I. I agree. I definitely definitely think that. Um. Elves have always been my, my favourite. Um, yeah. Elves are always dominant in, in every game. Really. They they are yeah. either
1: spell cut and they're usually always highly intelligent. It's a, a part of. It elves. Is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. They definitely. They're, that's definitely true. Um. So we, we kind of went from there. Yeah. Gandalf. Uh. And and Bilbo. You were just saying when they're in the house. And I kind of got that. Yeah, got a bit, got a bit sidetracked sorry but um it happens on this podcast it does, mate, don't worry it does
1: it happens in Lord of the Rings there's too much to yeah there's too so many much. things that relate to other points but yeah yes. so Bilbo returns to his house and Gandalf meets him and kind of questions him about the ring and then comes to the conclusion that the ring is starting to kind of corrupt Bilbo or just making him ill or not himself so he asks Bilbo for the ring back after doing this Bilbo gets Really funny about the whole notion, he kind of starts muttering to himself, he starts playing with the ring in his pocket, obviously he doesn't want to give it over, it holds a power on him. And then eventually Gandalf, bees yeah. his badass self, the first kind of use of his powers that you get to see in the movie, and he sets an entire shadow over the whole room, yeah. kind of puts on a big, dark, looming voice, and then basically convinces Bilbo in that moment that he should listen to his advice, you know, his wise, and that he's his friend, not his enemy, and
0: yeah. That, that Bilbo should leave the ring behind. And that, that, that was something else that was... That was,
1: was a, a safe decision, not out of greed yeah. or anything else. yes yeah, to definitely.
0: protect him. Um, yeah. It was kind of reminding me of Smeagol um, in, in that instance, because we kind of got the, the precious kind yeah, of... Yeah, he deal. was reminding me of what it did to Smeagol. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, uh, and, and I thought it was really interesting at this point that Gandalf also doesn't want this to take this ring. He's, oh, God, no. He's seen what it does like to, to Bilbo and stuff, but he doesn't know that it's the ring yet. Um, And so at this point, point, he just kind of gets it to just gets Bilbo to leave it there, and then Frodo kind of inherits it and hides it. You know, is told to never use it, Um, and then Gandalf goes off and does some some research, discovers you know that this this is the Ring, the One Ring to rule them all, Uh, and that this has to be you know. Yeah, he goes to Gondor,
1: I think, and goes into some epic kind of library like book kind of room and ends up finding some ancient kind of, you know, parchments or whatever and he gets the
0: information from there. Nice little montage in there. Yeah. Yeah. And kinda throws the ring in the fire. Because you can read Elvish or most of. kind of the scribbling that come comes up on the ring after it's been in the fire. Um it's is in uh, the ancient language of Mordor, which you know, he dare not speak. And this is kind of the beginnings of Gandalf is scared now of this ring. Mm. It's Um, the first
1: time you see the power shift of like Feeling completely safe about Gandalf's capabilities and just his, just his aura and what's he's capable of type thing, and then you see him,
0: you know, find out this information from the ring. Yeah, and then when Frodo you know, tries to give the ring, because like hobbits, uh, they don't get corrupted as easily as uh, no, others. No, no, because they have a kind of heart. But yeah. the the funny thing about that is that we've seen a few hobbits be corrupted by this. I mean, we've seen Bilbo to an extent now, just very minorly, but. Smiggle was also a hobbit, and he yeah he was yeah yeah he he was completely taken over by the ring. Um, whereas, I mean, there are other others who start to get taken over. Um, Isildur was probably the only other one, but he kind of gets killed before he gets a chance to wield it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's really only hobbit. The kind of the kind enough. of the,
1: the Bagginses, which is Bilbo and Frodo's, you know, last name. They seem to be very much through Bilbo's words and everyone else's quite a renowned hobbit family within the town you know known to be smart known to have brains so i think yeah that also kind of sets up the well. journey for it being in frodo's hands him being a more kind of pure of heart and intelligent yeah definitely no. amongst the rest
0: uh, and, and we we just see that they're well they are quite well respected uh, as well as they're adventurous like frodo is talking about he wants to leave the shire in fact he once he finally does he says you know like, i really wanted to and i've always had, had Kind of imagined going to Rivendell But not like this And you know this isn't Now he, all he wants is to go home yep. Um. And, and Bilbo was the same He just he wanted to leave So it's probably a, It's a Baggins thing Yeah it's a Baggins probably thing Probably growing up with Bilbo Around Frodo Was hearing all those stories um, One of which we, we actually do get to hear One of those stories Which I, I kind of liked It was a story of uh, Three oh, yeah. three trolls Around a campfire Hard farm. to remember it But yeah, yeah and I get, remember the one They get turned to stone Which was kind of interesting Later on in the film um, we do see that and the camp but it's because we watched the extended version That that's an extended cut that you really get to see the three trolls you get to see really what they are um, and in the theatrical one, I, I missed that completely. Yeah, because it wasn't...
1: No, it just wasn't there. You're
0: right, it's an extended part. Yeah,
1: yeah. They have that similar scene, but not the part where they show those three troll heads on there. Yeah, that. they
0: have a bit where then, you see him kind of like... Frodo's waking up and he looks up and you, you can tell there are statues there, you can't tell what they are. Can't put everything in there, otherwise it would have been three hours and 50 minutes in the cinema and you're not going to do that. It's got a good half an hour of credits.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the interesting that's thing,
0: though. The the extended cut of Lord of the Rings, even though it's a lot of walking, I guess, is it's still worth it. It's still so exciting through the oh, whole yeah. thing. There's enough going on that uh, you don't well, get When paid. we just recently watched it, I wasn't even really itching to get off the couch. I was quite yeah, content. definitely. Well, that's something that I've kind of been worried lately is going to happen with movies, with all these extended cuts, when the extended cuts aren't really worth it. Like, Suicide Squad just kind of came out with one. And... Um, there was like 19 minutes of new video. Like, there wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't, uh, didn't make the movie that much better. There were a couple yeah. of scenes that probably should have been in there, but uh, I, I was kind of hoping the extended cut was going to save that movie, and it really didn't. It was just like, oh yeah, a few of those scenes should have well, been there. Well, I guess, there. I guess
1: Lord of the Rings is like, they found it so important to give an extended version because the director himself. He thought, you know, the fans don't have enough content compared to what's in the books. We've hardly given them anything. They they even miss out entire characters that are that are a huge part of the books in one, two, and three. Yeah. So I think it was like definitely for this thing of movies. There is so movie, much content. A massively important part to put in there the extended version. Yeah, definitely. And and, and it wasn't. Was really pleased about yeah, it. yeah,
0: it was an extended cut, like you were saying, because it was necessary, not because they wanted to make a little bit more money on the, they the DVD it. release or whatever. I think
1: the extended version ended up cutting it into another about 30 minutes longer, which is decent. Oh yeah, it was
0: just seriously um, big, like e- extra. Because I think it went for about 3 hours difference. 10 before the Extended, and that was
1: nearly 4. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. It, was, it was
0: about that, yeah, about an extra 40 minutes maybe. It was definitely worth watching the Extended. I'm, I'm glad we did that. So yeah, at this point we, we kind of, uh, we get Gandalf and Frodo having a, a little altercation in the same Baggins' house. I just realised how much of this opening scene is just only one house. You see, like, the the shots of the rest of the Shire, and and it's, like, fantastic, but they don't really spend that much on it, and still manage to... Well, no
1: other character pops up that you need to go into anyone else's home, so it's just...
0: Yeah, I mean, they go past when the, the walkers come past, the nine walkers, which is... Kind of important also because that's how many rings were given out after the war. Yeah. yeah. Every single one of those rings corrupted uh, the king, like of that of that land. So that's why you've got the nine of those. So I'll just quickly knock that out there, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh so much content, so much content, it's ridiculous. uh so yeah, we we've finally got the beginnings of the journey, I guess. Yeah. And and the beginnings of the fellowship is is really how is. Cause so, this. because yeah,
1: is, not to not to confuse anyone, but basically what happened is just that yeah. Gandalf ended up coming back with the information about the ring. He, you know, he goes back to see Frodo. He goes and tells Frodo what's up. You know, Frodo being Frodo, innocent little him, you know, he's just questions, questions, questions. Um, He's obviously afraid. Gandalf doesn't even really have time to answer too many. He answers some basic ones, but, you know, he says he has to go. He's got to find things out. And then he basically gives Frodo some basic instructions of where he wants him to go, and then sends him off with his best friend Sam, out out, out to a, out to a pub where he's supposedly uh, supposed to meet up with them again to give them new information and
0: yeah the, the the prancing pony the prancing in the pony. town of Bree I couldn't remember yeah. it <laughs> I always remember the name of the the town because it's cheese and I love Bree. Um, so yeah, yeah. So they start doing that, and uh, Sam is a, an excellent character. We were saying this. Sam is probably the best. Yeah, he's the most badass Hobbit as well, <laughs> uh, and which probably doesn't mean a lot right now because at the moment we've only got two. But the two of those, uh, the Samwise Gamgee and Frodo Baggins, they go off uh, on their little journey and they're kind of going through some cornfields and they meet another two hobbits who we did yeah. actually meet earlier in Very this. important characters later on, but uh, they do. Kind of uh, tricksters, I guess, at this point. They're, they're a bit mischievous, um, just kind of have a bit of fun, I, I guess. they're just your average young... Yeah. You know what you'd expect to be
1: a young hobbit.
0: Yeah, and I mean, their the real names are... Uh, Um, Meriadoc and uh, Peregrine
1: yeah Meriadoc and
0: and Peregrine Took that's That's it it. Um, but more commonly referred to as Merry and Pippin Merry and Pippin Uh, and Pippin from the very very beginning is just messing stuff up and is super annoying and Merry just kind of keeps him in line yeah um, like, you know, which happens throughout the entire series, and, I, and I, I do actually like the dynamic of those two.
1: It showcases so many real friendships we have in our realm. Yeah, you know, they just put into Hobbit form. It's great. Yeah, it is, it is, it's really, relatable. So, yeah, we've
0: awesome. so we, we got the, the four of them go off, and. Uh, and eventually, we do we do get that really kind of it's a really creepy scene. Very soon after that, where yeah, they kind of roll down. That scene is awesome. Yeah, they roll down that hill. Um, yeah, did, after, yeah, do you want to run through that? Well, yeah. Um, Marion Pippin, kind of a little, they're
1: little, you know, mischief makers. They're thieves. So basically, they're just knocking off some. Cabbages and carrots and whatever you want to call it from a farmer, which I think they've done before actually yes They have because they go on to explain how they did it last week and the week before yeah. and So they, you know, that's what they're doing in the fields. They run into um, They run into Sam and Frodo and then basically just decide to join them Sam and Frodo Don't give them any details of what's going on at this point or what they're even really doing But they're just going on an adventure and you know, they all join up as a four they run out of these cornfields and then they end up rolling down, they end up having a stumble and, and rolling down a huge hill. And like, you know, they all crash bang at the bottom. And then after that it goes into that really creepy scene that you just brought up. Yeah. Whereas one of the one of the riders that Jareth was explaining earlier, one of the one of the nine that the rode, Nazgul. The Nazgul, that's the name, one of the nine that rode past, um, is present and in, and is there and they have to find a hiding spot, you know, so forth, get under it and wait for this rider to pass. And that's the first time that you see, they're kind of hiding under like an open tree trunk with the horse and the rider above them. The, ho- the rider can't see, that's part of his thing. He, he mainly works off sense and smell and you know, And he leans down and kind of gives a sniff around the tree trunk because he can sense that the hobbits are there. And that's the first time you watch uh, Frodo cop the power of the ring. He's, he's yeah. sitting there feeling it, touching it. He's like pretty much going to the whites of his eyes. Like he wants nothing more but to put it on. And the next thing you know, I think one of the Hobbits chucks a random bag of mushrooms.
0: Well, actually, this is where we see Sam. Yeah, this is where Sam really kind of steps up and, like, grabs Frodo's hand because he's the only one that knows at this point what that ring is. So Merry and Pippin, like, why would they care? And he only only knows a a basic version because he overheard Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And that, you know, this ring needs to be destroyed and and that he can't put it on. So he knows that much. Uh, And then, yeah, I, I think once again... Come Here comes Mary to the rescue out of the two, Mary and Pippin. Mary grabs the bag and yep. throws it away. Um, uh, it, it kind of distracts the... Uh, the yeah, it uh, sends nurse. him off in the direction because they're working off, you know, sound and sense and smell and all of that. Sends them off so that they can start fleeing for their lives. Yeah, and they eventually get to a river and they get off down the river. And they, they, they finally make their way to... Uh, to the the town of Bree.
1: Yeah, but they only just get there too because they end up running into another rider who chases them yeah. down to the docks and Frodo, as you'll see Frodo through the rest of the movies, he kind of struggles but he just makes it... He struggles <laughs> to stand up half of the movie. He <laughs> yeah, falls he over does. all the time. He falls over at really inconvenient times but just adding to the dynamic. But anyway, they all make it. Yeah,
0: they all make it to Bree. To, to the prancing pony. And uh, this is where we meet our next little character. One of the um, best in... Probably all three films. Yeah, one of, one of the most iconic, one of yeah. the most important. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, Arag. Well, at this point, it's Strider. So uh, he's just kind of sitting in the corner, and the four uh, hobbits are getting drunk in the in the tavern because Gandalf hasn't been seen there for months, and you know Frodo's a little bit worried because he was yeah. supposed to meet Gandalf here. Yeah, of course. Um, and so the we've got this, you know. Kind of fairly happy scene, really. Uh, and Merry and Pippin don't know that they're not supposed to say Frodo's real last name, um, because he's hiding.
1: Yeah, he's, he's... supposed to be travelling as someone
0: else entirely. Yeah, so like they're, we're kind of sitting at the they're, they're sitting at the table, and Frodo notices. Wash, well, I believe Sam notices and points out to Frodo that the the gentleman in the corner has been staring at him like this entire time. Yeah, and he asks right. the bartender, and the bartender says, "Oh, that, that's a ranger. His name is Strider. You know, he's he's a dangerous. You know, stay away from him." And um, just keeps staring at him. And then Frodo kind of gets broken out of his trance by um, his last name. And, and he does kind of go into a bit of a, another little trance. We see that a lot. Um, so, a lot of Frodo's being useless throughout this film is to, due to the ring, um, which yeah, is kind of his fighting. It's just he's, what he's got in his head, his burden, his, yeah. his knowledge. Um, but yeah, he hears his last name, Baggins. And, and it's Pippin saying, Oh, Baggins, yeah, I know a Baggins. He's right yeah. over there. And um, that's when, you know.
1: He starts, to, run. he starts to kind of freak out about it and, you know, moving around quickly and blah, blah, blah. And I think what happens is he just trips over one of the ob- other hobbits' feet. Yeah. He just has a stumble. And then in that, the ring flies out of his pocket or his hand or wherever it was. Flies up into the air. And then miraculously, mm-hmm. me and Jarrett still don't know how this happened at this point, but he puts his finger up, you know, into the air and the ring falls. On the finger.
0: Turns him invisible. Straight on the
1: index finger. Turns him invisible. Yeah.
0: yeah. And um, so they're running away and this is how Strider kind of, we, we meet him, he becomes part of this group. He breaks uh, Frodo out of this trance uh, eventually and, and he uh, gets gets Frodo over to a safe area and as well as the other hobbits and Frodo, they're still pretty afraid yeah, it of him Aragorn. he takes him up to one of the rooms, one yeah. of the accommodations there. Still, still afraid of Aragorn fairly and um, Aragorn kind of goes <laughs> like, Strider, sorry, we, do, we know that he's Aragorn, it's really hard to call him Strider at this point. But I did like the character of Strider and the change from that to kind of Aragorn. Yeah, we're going to jump ahead because we're taking so long with this. So the, the Nazgul, uh, they arrive and they go, burst their way through, through the prancing pony up to the rooms. They go into the Hobbit's room and they start stabbing the beds. Mm. Um, but the Hobbits aren't there. They're in another room across the hall. Um, to
1: Strider, yeah,
0: thanks to Strider yeah thanks to Strider and this is something that goes on for a while Strider saves them a fair bit and he's a pretty oh. caring guy we, we both really like Aragorn for that well Aragorn um, like, he's, he's Frodo's go to he does him loads of good throughout all the movies yeah definitely they, yeah, they move along and then they start to travel to Rivendell um, with, yeah nice is, to see the elves with, because Strider decides with, with the
1: information that he's found out from Frodo the best thing would be to be seek the advice of the elves
0: yeah um, and while he's doing that, Gandalf goes off to see Saruman um, and kind of find out what's going on there. Yeah, so he was, important part. He was yeah. making a, a quick stop the off The only there. other wizard in, in Middle-earth, you know. So he makes a quick off stop, stop off there to find out, you know, hey, Saruman, which is his friend, uh, yeah, Sauron has come back. You know, this is some serious stuff. Uh, Saruman already knows, and he quickly turns on Gandalf. Uh, we find out yep. that Saruman is on Sauron's side. Yeah, Um, and he then like we have a bit of a fight, and Gandalf ends up on top of the roof, um, which is why we find out he wasn't in Bree at that point. Um, And so we we go back to our five heroes that we had, and uh, along the way we get another encounter with the Nazgul. With the Nazgul, yeah, Yeah. because
1: they're just constantly tracking Frodo, trying to find him. Which was good.
0: I mean, we did have that that pressure throughout the film. Like yeah, the, it, yeah was so, like, it
1: was good like it was kind of cool that every time the hobbits were travelling there was that suspense
0: yeah that and, something um, really happened yeah, yeah it, and was, it was really good um, and th- this is where we actually see uh, even though Frodo's in his kind of invisible state um, that Nazgul can still see him and they stab him they stab him right through the yeah, shoulder. and we get to see the rider's actual face
1: figures because yeah. usually they're just you know dark figures in cloaks with just a big black abyss where their face is supposed to be.
0: Yeah, so um, they no longer. So that living was, or dead. yeah, it was awesome, and um, this is where we see we see a bit of a, a connection to Aragorn and uh, and uh, Arwen which is everyone's kind of love interest. She's a, an elf. Yeah, the uh, first also, elf to come into the... Yeah, who's also like the queen of Rivendell as well. But we don't we don't yeah. go over that yet. She just find, comes across them and um, can't heal him there. They have to get him to Rivendell and um, Frodo right. passes out. He's been passed out for like three days and then he wakes up in quite a, in quite a nice bed in Rivendell um, and uh, there's Gandalf. He's so obviously he found his way back and we find out that that was... because uh, he had a nice little conversation with a moth... And the yeah. moth went and found an eagle, and then the eagle came. It was a giant eagle, and it um, just in time. With a nice little battle between Gandalf and Saruman, He jumps off and lands on the eagle, mm-hmm. which raised if a there's question. Any parent life you'd want to have, it's that be able, to, able moth. to speak to a moth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, this raised a question for us. Like, why didn't they just take those giant eagles? It did all a the way big question to, to to Mount Doom to throw it in. And uh, I, while playing a Lord of the Rings game. Um, I did come across a kind of an answer for that which was that the, those giant eagles were um, I don't know if this is canon if it was within the books but they were fighting a war uh, in their homeland to kind of like stave off the orcs and whatnot mm, so um, I, I'm hoping that is still the case i pretty yeah. sure you're
1: right but we'll get that confirmed
0: yeah we will definitely um, we'll. uh, we've there's got a lot to weeks find weeks out this. about this movie yeah definitely. there's a lot but yeah so that's how Gandalf kind of got back and this is where the Fellowship of the Ring which is the name of the movie kind of gets created and and we meet um kind of a council of elves and and whatnot elrond's there and arwen's there uh gandalf and all of the all of the hobbits all the characters we've met up to this point Yeah, there's
1: like a couple of important people from each race at the thing
0: yeah yeah and uh so uh here we we meet boromir who's uh a man from gondor uh who is he, he just he wants to at first he wants to kind of destroy the ring and finds out it has power and he wants to use it to, pr- to protect his people the people of Gondor who he, he really cares for uh, and this is where we kind of get a really interesting point where they're like no Gandalf once again in the extended card is like makes everything go dark and borrow me back off or I will turn you into a toad or something ridiculous uh, so uh, but this is where we, we get a really interesting thing where we find out about Strider and that he is uh, called Aragorn um, we find this out from Legolas who is an elf who joins the fellowship as well, um, and he's probably he's brilliant. The best best fighting is is no, by it's him. Great. It's so so fun to watch his scenes um, when yeah. he's fighting. Uh, but yeah, we find it is Aragorn who is the heir to the the throne of Gondor, and that he's kind of left, he's abandoned his people. So Boromir is annoyed at Aragorn. It's a good little dynamic between those two. Yeah, um, because Basically, Aragorn just wants to protect Frodo and whatnot, and Boromir is starting to think, well, why destroy this when we can use it to save so many other lives? Um, and, and so, we yeah, get good intentions, of
1: course, but he obviously doesn't understand that you can't just simply put it on yeah. and then use its power for your good and then blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, Not going to exactly. happen. Um, and so this is where the, the Fellowship of the Ring is, is created, um, where we get, uh, and, and we've met eight of them so far, we, we get Frodo, uh, Samwise, Merry, Pippin, Boromir, Aragorn... Legolas and Gandalf, they all join this kind of that's crusade, yeah. uh, as well as Gimli, son of Glóin, a dwarf. So we get all all of the races uh, represented here. Um, I was pretty happy that a dwarf was in it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was great. So uh, yeah, uh, and, and so that's the group. Um, we've got some pretty good dynamic there, including uh, Legolas and Gimli. Kind uh, of, they've got a bit of a back and forth. They thing. do. They we kind
1: sh- of love each other dearly as friends, but they have your typical kind of I don't, what would you call it? That competitive side that makes you. Like, like they a sibling rivalry. Well, lost in battle.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a sibling rivalry, despite yeah. being in opposite. Um, and we also find Gimli really doesn't like elves like, no, at all. no, at um, all. And this is what I was saying before. Where we have that elf elitism. Like Legolas, he, he doesn't dislike dwarves. He just doesn't care about them because, you know, they're, they're meaningless to him. Whereas Gimli dislikes elves. Because they think they're better than dwarves. Mm. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure before, you know, the Alliance, they were warring for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they've got that history. Yeah, so we, we get a little bit of that. Obviously, these two are, they're battling together, though. So, you know, we, we don't get anyone turning on anyone, which is no. fantastic. No. Um, and, yeah, so they trek off on their thing once again. There's a lot of points where they trek off and we have to decide what we're going to cut out from our podcast here. Um, so oh, There's there's that many details that could be covered. So... Oh, I know, it's ridiculous. They run into their first kind
1: of biggest, big battle from that point. They end up going down to the mines of Moria. Gimli keeps telling the people how great it will be. They'll be given a royal welcome and, you know, beer and all the hardiness and blah, blah, blah. But Gandalf knows that this is not the case because obviously he knows the information that Gimli does and he knows it's been overtaken and...
0: Yeah, blah blah blah. But uh, uh, they start to travel, and it turns out that uh, the Mines Moria are their only option. Like, like yeah, they, it's the only that passage way. that yeah. they could. Otherwise, it's up and over the mountains in a storm. Exactly. So, so they, take uh, this uh, they have to go the there, and, and you know, we get a little bit of point where we're actually Frodo comes up and figures out how to get into the mines, which was which was yeah, who cool. does after Gandalf
1: um, trying to decipher some uh, language written yeah, on the door, which, uh, and then Pippen comes in,
0: in and he annoys Gandalf and. Um, yeah, Gandalf's all angry about that Which is another it's kind of cute happens Yeah <laughs> um, But yeah So they go in there And they kind of find out That this isn't a mine It's a tomb uh, Yep All of the dwarves are dead Dead crusty bodies and everywhere They go in And uh, Gandalf knows why He, yeah, he does knows, Yeah Gandalf knows That there's a Balrog in there uh, He's kind of There are very
1: many kind of sobering moments, aren't there, where there's a close-up shot of Gandalf's
0: face just going, oh, yes, it definitely (laughs) is. Uh, And so, yeah, they're trying to get their way out of this place, you know, and then orcs attack them while they're there. Um, And they're like, oh, God, oh, how are we going to fight them Once
1: again, um, Pippin's fault. Yep, because he in. ends up making he ends up
0: touching some random corpse and it falls down a bloody well, well and yeah. then ends makes up enough alerting. noise and they start yeah. Um, yeah. But, then, um, but then the orcs are kind of like scared of this noise that, that's coming, which is the barrel. We get this kind of chase scene where the, the fellowship's running away and they're going across this bridge which is crumbling and they're getting arrows shot at them. It's very dramatic and fantastic. Oh, um, yeah. but it leads to and the whole place is lit up like a you know like a glow on the walls
1: because the monster to come is
0: you know, yeah, kind of larvery the, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. That's is, the scary part. It keeps you guessing as to what it's actually going to yeah. be. Yeah, and you kind know, of get the sounds of, of that coming. And then eventually we do see it's a big. It's got, well, it's got two weapons that we see. We see a flaming sword and a flaming whip. It's kind um, of like a big demon, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, horns. Covered in flames, molten yeah. mouth, and so it starts. It's chasing them, and uh, we get the iconic scene of of Gandalf kind of sacrificing himself, saying, "You shall yeah. not pass." So yeah, he's being all yeah super brave and whatnot, and he sacrifices himself. But he's uh, he de- ends up beating, defeating the Barrow, you know, he ends up destroying it, knocking the bridge out, and it's falling down into the abyss. And we've got this wonderful moment, like yeah, he's defeated it. Of course he did. This is the Fellowship of the Ring. We can't have one of the Fellowship die. Uh, and then, yeah, you
1: kind of suspect it. You're like, yeah. Gandalf's going
0: to win here. And then the whip comes up out of nowhere and grabs his foot and pulls him down. And Gandalf's kind of just hanging there. Um, and he says a line which uh, raised a few questions for us, which was, uh, fly you fools. Mm, which uh, fly you fools. Yeah, which, which you were kind of uh, like wondering if that meant that they, you know, he was saying, like, don't, don't walk there. Take the eagles, fly there. You know, fly, you fools, a bit of grammar would have helped that one um, mm. so in the book you would have actually been able to tell what that line was kind of looked it up and yeah the general consensus is just, it's just an emphasized way to tell them to flee you know get fly, here.
1: you fools get it done fast yeah yeah
0: so um yeah but it, it was a really really good scene and still quite iconic to this to this point it's oh, awesome 16 years later yeah um, so that, that's something else that's pretty interesting and then the
1: scene straight after is Pretty devastating really. Like I actually remember crying in the cinemas at like eight or nine years old or whatever, because they all go out onto kind of out onto the mountains out of the exit of the mine into the light. And everyone's just sobbing, having a bad time. Some really well placed sad music. That's yeah. all of the music is in Lord of the Rings. Literally hands down one of the best yeah, definitely of, some all of all the best time. Ones. And yeah, Frodo's distraught, they're all distraught. So that really like sobering moment. That's all happened, and you actually have to take in that Gandalf has now left, and he, you were as attached to him as you were anyone. You know, he was yeah. like the dude. He was,
0: he was there from the very beginning. We was, definitely
1: were very attached he was like to Gandalf. Dumbledore and Harry Potter. He was like that equivalent, and yeah. just bam, he's gone. He's
0: he's gone. Yeah. So um, you know that was yeah, that was a real sobering moment, and and they do kind of sit on that for a little bit. Um, yeah they do and, and this is when We also find out About the Uruks Which are being created The Uruk-hai Yeah I it kind it. of
1: Snaps to um, what um, Saruman's been up yeah, to Yeah
0: and um, which is He's spoken to Sauron And Sauron said You know build me an army And he's kind of uh, These They're massive orcs With like white hands Like uh, painted Painted white And then slapped on their face Yeah yeah kind of Scary war paint yeah, um, and so yeah, they're after them now And, and they're, they're just, just born out
1: of the ground The yeah. They don't have to have sex and have no. babies born of, none the of that, they just good, because I did not want to see It's still got like a weird sex. embryo sack thing Which always creeped me a bit But they just dig them out, rip out this kind of sack of skin And then just pop them out Yep, pop them, them off out, Fully grown Grr, Good there times we go. Yeah, so um, So that's a bit so scary they're to are other people now. Like they're just, you know <laughs>
0: yeah yeah there's smaller
1: dudes smaller coming out of the ground and they actually have to
0: raise a soldier yeah um, yeah it's kind of scary
1: Okay, so after this point, um, the Fellowship, you know, they pick up their stuff after being so emotional about Gandalf's loss and they go off to kind of like a sanctuary of elves, a pretty small-time one in the forest. So not Rivendell, but, you know, another place where they're posted. Um, They go there and they meet Galadriel, who is one of the more important elves in the movie. She's kind of like an oracle, you know, she can see into the future, she can sense things, she can talk to people telepathically. She's like... she can do everything. She's great. So basically... They tell them what they've been through. They tell them of Gandalf's loss. The elves are really distraught over this. Um, Gandalf is probably, you know, the closest person to all of these because of his age. How long he's lived for?
0: Everybody has a close bond to Gandalf, so they go through that, and then we actually found something pretty interesting out in that scene too that you were just saying, where they where they kind of meet gladriel and stuff. We found out that Legolas says that he was killed by a Balrog, um, not like the Balrog. So yeah. we find out that this isn't like this is one of many types of creature that you know it's kind of like a dragon you know there is not just one that was ever seen yeah there you was kind was of just assume there's one balrog yeah not. like it's it's rare you know there aren't many but yeah he was well just
1: funnily enough they never pop up again
0: yeah well that, that's so, what i mean like a dragon is very rare in this world but you know there are there have been dragons it, it gets brought in Nashville bilbo says uh when we're back in the shire that there hasn't been a dragon seen in these parts for a thousand yes, years yeah um which was Kind of funny. And he himself, he had actually seen a dragon in his lifetime because he'd gone off to the Lonely Mountain and seen Smaug. So um, I have to say it like that because it just. <laughs> Sounds a <laughs> tag. <like, smug. laughs> Sounds right. But uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to small mention... for any English speaking people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're doing all of that, and then Galadriel calls Frodo out while everyone else is sleeping because she wants to kind of put in the seriousness of what's happening and what Frodo must do from this point on. And she goes to kind of like a well, like a little, a little kind of uh, pool of water. You know, all fancy, blah blah blah. She goes to that, and she ends up showing him through that you know the images are just carried out on the water like a reflection she ends up showing him the future that they will all have and the hobbits will have in the shire if the ring isn't destroyed and as you can guess you know everyone's enslaved the whole shire is just torched and on fire buildings blackened And it's just, yeah, it just straight away puts the seriousness into Frodo's and the viewers' heads that this really needs to get done.
0: Yeah, it's a really serious scene wherein Frodo's kind of afraid of Gladriel, which he, when they leave this kind of gathering, he's the only one. Everyone else is kind of in love with her. You know, she's given them all gifts, she's given them the the kind of curved swords. Yeah, she gives everyone a dagger and Frodo a trinket of light so he can light up a dark place. Whenever there are orcs around, it lights up. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's scared of her. We also find out in that scene that she uh, possesses one of those three rings that were uh, dispersed amongst the elves after yeah. that great war. So, obviously, um, she's... Which uh, we believe, I think, is where that power came from. The, the oracle, the site. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'm, right. I'm assuming so. That doesn't even get explained. No, so. no. But it, it's kind of like, this is important because it's a ring and it's from that earlier scene and the rings kind of have powers. So, like, it, it's very likely, but who knows? Yeah, know, yeah. Elves are just old and good at that kind of stuff
1: so yeah they pretty much just make a stop off to give some information to be given some you know have a feed have a sleep and then they go off from there yeah they start, and they start their journey to to mordor
0: yeah we get a nice little uh moment of of happiness before back to trudging along the wilderness yeah. with I think you and uruk after after you even see
1: gimli smile and talk about how he got one lock of her yeah, he asked. Hair. He
0: asked for one lock, and she gave him three, and he's like so happy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great because Gimli, you know, he's
1: he's quite troubled and serious through the whole yeah. thing. So yeah, that He's was... pretty
0: grumpy through most of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, that reason to good. be, but he is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, they trek on, and uh, we kind of go back to the Boromir story here. Uh, this is where Boromir was. Uh, he he kind of wants the ring for to for power. But for the right reasons, he wants to go back. And, yeah, and he, he wants to actually defend. Yeah, and defend his land of Gondor, which uh, is Aragorn's land. And, and Boromir is a little bit annoyed that you know Aragorn won't go back and take action and, and save his people. Eventually, this this leads to a really nice moment between the two. Um, but uh, just before we kind of got Aragorn um, speaking with Frodo, and um, you know, he, Frodo offers the ring to Aragorn, and Aragorn's kind of going, and he's obviously tempted. But we see that he is of a very kind heart and he just closes Frodo's hand and says, Mm. like, no. He has his moment
1: of, you know, the music kind of sinks in and gets serious and his eyes are really drawn but then it kind of dissipates and he's fine. But he has that inkling.
0: Yeah, we we get a lot of uh, emotional character building with with Aragorn through this this section. Um, And also with Boromir. Uh, But this is the part where Boromir... Um, he kind of confronts Frodo and starts to scare Frodo a little, and and eventually that leads to like Boromir kind of trying to take the ring. Um, yeah, well, it fully does. Yeah, yeah it fully does. Aragorn uh, ends up stepping. We've got that kind of animosity this whole time, uh, yeah. and then the Urukai attack. We've kind of got this big, uh, you know, fight going on. Well, that's um, it because, and
1: I swear, the reason the Urukai even found them so fast is because when he's having that argument with Boromir to go away from Boromir because Boromir actually physically starts following him he puts on the ring and he goes invisible and he has that moment where he can see the eye and then all of a sudden his sword is blowing blue so he's basically just attracted
0: everyone to them yeah yeah, definitely I mean oddly enough Bilbo did the same thing at the very beginning of this film. When he put it on at the party, uh, he obviously didn't know that That's was what was going to awaken Sauron. So, Because yeah. um, he... obviously Sauron hasn't been awakened forever. No, like, no. The ring is... hasn't been put on since, you know, The Hobbit. You know, those there and back again. Those uh, yeah. journeys. So, um, you know, and he was fully defeated at that point. You know, it was, wasn't was an issue then. Now he's kind of resurrected. He's got uh, Sauron. Which is a, a great source of power Which is why all this is huge. You know. Because without... at this point He's
1: more powerful than
0: Gandalf Definitely Because it's definitely. the kind of the, the We've kind seen of that He just, just off throws Gandalf
1: And he's the
0: superior Yeah uh, Gandalf gets thrown around By Saruman Like nothing's, nothing else uh, But yeah So Boromir kind of leaves the group But he doesn't There's no real I'm leaving stuff, for you guys. Uh, but when the fight starts, he's not really there, and everyone yeah, he's not present at the everyone's, start. Yeah. So there's a lot of pretty boss fighting. there's a great scene for that. Not Aragorn go does what he usually does. Happens, yeah. He tells Frodo to run, whips out his sword, just starts taking on like a good hundred of them. Yeah. I mean, we we saw him before with the good the torch and the sword, and and I really always think of Aragorn with a sword. But uh, although I in the Balrog scene. We we do see him with a, a bow and an arrow. It's he it's and Legolas. As good as Legolas. Yeah, yeah he's is he, he's there with Legolas, like shooting almost. I mean, so Legolas he's, like he's, flies like three through a keyhole. So, oh yeah, nothing. You know, no one has. No one one's like yet. Legolas. But he's pretty all round. But yeah, he's pretty all round. Um, but most yeah. of the time, yeah, he's dominating a sword, swinging that around the place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things aren't going too well. the, the Rurikai come in. There's was one, the leader, who we've seen a fair bit. We actually got a little bit of character development, uh, and he's destroying people. And uh, and then. All of a sudden, yeah, Boromir comes back, you know, and, and I think he saves, saves somebody. I actually can't remember who he, who he saved now. But I think a horn even goes off or something. Boromir, one of them has one of those big horns. I think he even blows it and then kind of enters into battle because I remember hearing something. But uh, Yeah, and Boromir is just a beast. This is really the first time we see Boromir fight. I mean, we didn't see Well, yeah, because any, he's not yeah. in any of the fighting um, previous teams. And so. yeah, he was worth the wait. He's yeah. such a... He's, he's amazing. We see
1: him fight a little bit... Um, we at at the Balrog scene
0: against him, but it's mainly just focused on Legolas, Aragorn, yeah. and the Hobbits doing yeah. their thing. He takes out a few orcs when they first get attacked, but and then uh, gets obliterated by a troll. So it's kind of even. Yeah, gets slammed into a wall and we're like, dead. he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Um, uh, he had no armor on his head, which got smashed into a wall. But uh, Boromir comes back and he's smashing, slicing through them, which is a, a great scene. He gets hit with yeah. an arrow, and as expected, he fights through, getting hit with an arrow and. And he gets hit with a second arrow. Both of these from the the leader of the Uruk-Eye, and mm. kind of the stumbles. obviously,
1: yeah, notices Boromir's courageousness yeah. and kind of just tries to take him down a peg, like just yeah.
0: so. Um, and, and that drops the guy. Boromir to to one knee, and um, he swings it again and takes another uh, orc orc out. And, and the third, you know, third arrow. That we know that you know Boromir's Boromir's done for. You know, he's it, yeah, that's the end of him. And he's kind of lying there dying and. And then eventually the uh, the leader he comes over to Boromir um, to kind of yeah. finish the job. His, his massive like big mace thing. He's about to bring it down, and then his arm gets sliced off. I'm like what the hell? What's what's going on? Um, and it's Aragorn. Aragorn has saved Boromir kind of um, yeah. from getting squashed into a, a jumps
1: in, pretty much just knocks him over, slices his arm off, and impales him. Yeah. So you know. And then decapitates him.
0: Yeah, actually, he does. That's because he pulls the the auric pulls him in because he's so damn fearless. Yeah. Oh, that's that was a really scary scene as a kid. Just this, just got a sword in his stomach, just pulls him closer, like pulling the sword through. I've seen it a few times now, but it's, yeah, it was a good one. Um, Definitely. And yeah, so you know, after, at the end of this this kind of fight, we've got a really nice scene with Aragorn and Boromir now, which yeah, Boromir's really Boromir fell. You know, he's on his back, he's and, dying. Um, yeah, and Aragorn. I mean, this is a a, a member of Gondor. You know, and, and Aragorn is uh, the, the leading, the heir, you know, the heir of Gondor. Yeah, he's the heir
1: to the throne, but he hasn't um, taken that position. But
0: he yeah hasn't really, he doesn't really care about his people, and it's what we find out here, that this is uh, the first time that he says our people to Boromir, and Boromir, like, notices this, and he's, like, kind of cough because up to this point, we've heard Aragorn say it a few times, and he has referred to the Gondorians, I guess that's how you would, how you would say the people of Gondor, as your people. Um, you know he wants to use this power you know for your people and then what Um, and this is the first time he says our people and and Boromir's kind of like oh this is beautiful what a a wonderful moment you said our people yeah he gets down on one knee
1: and he's he's just having that last few of Boromir's moments with him and reassuring him that even after everything they've said and the indifferences that I've had that it was a kind of one of those moments for Aragorn where he really was reminded that he just saw a brother die you know his yeah. people, our people, and he starts to shed a tear, and it is an awesome moment because you know, he hasn't seen them to for kind a long of, time. Almost to kind of pay Boromir a bit of homage before he pass off that bit of respect, like I will remember you and remember this. Yeah. you know, so it's it's an awesome scene. It is, and yeah, it changes your opinions so. a little bit. And you start to notice just how compassionate Aragorn is. That's the one point of compassion you think he doesn't have: the fact that he's disbanded his people, yeah. but. I think that goes on to state that there was a good reason Aragorn ever did so, and that'll get unravelled as the yeah. movies come out. Like it's not just a plain out desertion. Yeah, like they there is they a... do
0: uh, set that up well. That there is more to yeah.
1: Aragorn, and Aragorn is
0: different to your average men. He is actually somewhat smarter, stronger, blah blah blah. So yeah, um, yeah. 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 Like Legolas knew that he was the the king, but was like didn't say anything until it kind of came up. So <clears throat> um, yeah, it was a beautiful moment between those two. I really totally. I really, really like that. Uh, and we kind of. We kind of mentioned another moment which probably we thought would have been pretty cool, which was if at that point Boromir had kind of pulled out his uh, like a logo or a pendant or something of Gondor and said, you know, as, as a final act to, to Frodo, you know, tell Frodo to put the ring on this chain um, to stop him from putting it on his finger. Because like the very next scene after Boromir's death, after everyone's sad Legolas and Gimli come along and they're sad, um, is Frodo holding the ring on a chain. And, and we chain. were like, oh, where did the chain come before. from? Um, and we, yeah, they could have done something with that, you know, with put put it on this chain as kind of a, a lasting away for Boromir to kinda of come with the, the group. Yeah, man, yeah. Um, because I mean now we've lost two members of the Fellowship of the Ring, and this is not no not really a children's movie here. This is this is serious. I mean there's orcs and stuff and, and people dying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've yeah, we've lost two of the the, the nine Fellowship of the Ring and, and that's all we lose at the end of this this movie. Um, this is where it starts to starts to wrap up. We've got a scene with uh Frodo deciding he needs to leave the group, um, that he is causing all of this, all of these issues. You know he's now just seen he's seen Gandalf die. He's now seen Boromir die. Seeing you know this is. But he doesn't want to bring
1: everyone down with him. He
0: yeah yeah exactly. So he he chooses to leave at this point, and uh, Samwise Gamgee follows him, and, and we get a nice you know don't you leave. stop him because he's like, no,
1: I don't want to drag my friend into this and have him die as well. But there's no stopping Sam, as yeah, you'll see if you're someone that hasn't watched it yeah. yet too.
0: He's very determined. He's the kind
1: of friend everyone wants in real life.
0: Yeah, and he's quite emotional. Um, I mean, there have been a lot of uh, Sam-wise was gay uh, comments and fan theories Yeah, out yeah. There yeah, that, yeah. You know, he was a little bit too attached to Froome. And, and I actually think that's why we see that thing with him and the waitress in The Shire. Is to so that we we as an audience see like all oh right Sam's into chicks like yeah. he, he's interested yeah. in that bartender um and that this is just a I swear in the type of that. day and age too now where so much
1: compassion could be considered as gayness whereas I really just think that Sam is just that is just
0: him yeah I don't think, think that was of a heart so his love or for or Frodo
1: is parallel to kind of how we'd love.
0: A and you know yeah. someone else. He's just that type of guy. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I like how that was portrayed within this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. But yes, and then we get the Fro- uh, frodo's sailing off in a little boat, and uh, Sam starts to swim out. Yeah, to him, run out onto the shore. Um, which uh, it was the last scene in the movie, and has it so is. many issues for, for me. Oh, that a little bit. Yeah. So, first of all, he's a hobbit. Sam's not very tall. So he's running out and he's running along the shore. And then within like one metre, he drops into the water and starts to like paddle and swims like maybe another metre out, maybe two. And then he sinks under the water and we see that he's apparently in extremely deep water. How did that happen? Either it's a
1: weird one or it was one of those things that has like one of those kind of like dips like of land and then it actually goes in because I've been in water before myself that gets deep really suddenly. But that was kind of like a river.
0: How did Frodo reach? (laughs) That that fit was actually hilarious. You just see his hand appear and like pull him up and then when you get to the top not only is like Frodo didn't jump off the side of the boat and like hang by his feet and like full body down and then grab him and pull him up apparently he just used his arm and his arm isn't even wet in this scene not wet um, but yeah, yeah that's just being nitpicky on uh, that brings us to the to the end of the movie there and uh, I guess we've got to go through scene? a few yeah go through well, your, any, any thoughts anything you wanted to go over before we brought this one to a close basically that it just had a lot more good points than it did bad and yeah it, was, it also had a lot more points that we couldn't go over we just did we could
1: have made this twice as long I can think of way more things I could be saying yeah. about this movie but like long story short just watch it and appreciate it it's
0: yeah, definitely. I, so uh,
1: much time and effort in that movie. I, and the music, the music is like, don't think I've ever seen many other movies that have better mood-setting music and like epic moment music than uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the On par the- with Harry Potter, even better to me, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, but, yeah same, same here. I'm a massive Harry Potter, which our fan, our uh, listeners here have probably already know as you've heard me ranting about Harry Potter in the past. It's on that level, isn't it? It is it's on that enticing level. Enticing and, and it captures all of you. The score is brilliant, um, which is uh, yeah, actually something that I, I'm glad glad you brought up there. Um, it's so important. They put so much emphasis on the music. It changes constantly throughout that movie. It does. Uh, and, and they use it really well. And as we said, it, it still stands up today and part of that is the yeah. score. So when you've got effects and things, uh, it's, it's easy for those to kind of fall out of um, being you know, visually spectacular. But being auditory spectacular has been the same for a while. If you come yeah. up with a good soundtrack, it's going to last for a long time. Star Wars... A lot of these orchestral um, scores I've noticed. The oh, it's it's always the love, it's so. always the orchestral stuff. It's yeah, that. definitely. So, um, I I would like to thank you for for joining us here on the no very first. Great. Yeah, guest guest appearance on One Up Culture Cast. Uh, we will be coming back uh, next week with the the next in the two, next towers. Week, the two towers. Next movie Extended in the series, of
1: course, we'll get that as well.
0: Yeah, yep, and uh, and we'll do the same the week after. Uh, so you've got a few more weeks of us. Uh, Hope you enjoy listening to the two of us rant and rave. Uh, as usual, please follow us on Twitter, on WordPress, uh, just Google One Up Culture. You will find us there as one of their contributors. Uh, I have been Jareth. I've been Hugh. Game over.